the the main spectacle behind with this one guy, the Tiger King, Joe Exotic is his name, Joe Exotic. The main spectacle behind Joe Exotic or his zoo is that it's we want to get kids here to play with these tiger cubs. Everyone else is questioning, well, what does he do with those tigers once he can't use them anymore? Is he killing them? What is he doing? Is he selling them illegally? Like how what so it truly is like a fascinating world. And the fact that it's one of the most ridiculous redneck white trash people you'll ever, ever, ever see. On top of the fact that he's a country singer too, right? Oh my God. It's the best part. It's the best part of the whole show. (laughs) His music in his music videos, it's my favorite part of the whole goddamn thing. And again, I cannot even do it justice. You'll just have to see it. Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. As always, if you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. It really does help us get the show out to more people. In this episode, Patrick and I throw the conversation back to UFC 205 and the things that could have changed the landscape of the UFC. We also talked about John Jones and his recent encounter with the law. Then we dove into some topics such as our favorite TV shows from the past, the greatness that is the show Ozark, and the craziness that is the Tiger King that is taking social media by storm. If you have any questions for Patrick and I or any topics you'd like to hear us rant about, make sure to hit us up on any of the CEP social medias. We are everywhere. Lastly, make sure to support your local businesses in this time of crisis. They need all the support they can get. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Mercado. My co-host, Patrick Blair, is off in Skype land with me, and we are here ready to talk some nonsense as usual. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Uh, talk corona today or what you burn out i'm burnt out a little bit but it's you're still, a little it's, bit burnt it, out or it, you're it, all the way burnt out like i am it's uh it i don't think it matters if i care or not because it's it's still there and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon no i, I think we got many more weeks of this to be honest it's uh I did wake up and find out today that I don't have to pay student loans if I don't want to until September. I'm just going to go ahead and pay them, though. But I've seen a lot of businesses that are doing that, like banks and uh, for you know vehicle loans, for house loans and things like that. But September's a long time. I haven't seen them push it out that far. Yeah, I was surprised to see it that far also. But hey, those student loans fuck you either way. So like in this case, I'm still working. I'm I'm fortunate enough to still be getting a paycheck. So. I'm just gonna pay them <laughs> while I can. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna delay it. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. I want to just never pay them again. <laughs> but I gotta pay them. The the crazy thing is, is I'm more worried about food than I am my bills. Yeah. All right. So I go to Deerberg's. Uh, I just want to grab a few things and I want to get in and out. You know, I'm trying to be conscious of. Hey, wipe down the cart. You're going to be touching a bunch of stuff. You don't have gloves on, so don't touch your face or anything like that. Whatever. Um, but all of the cashiers have these like plastic enclosures around them. that can, they got the place quarantined, essentially. But more importantly, I'm walking in, and there's a lady in front of me on her phone, right? Now, she's not doing the courteous, normal human being taking the phone call like this. She's on either speaker or FaceTime. I can hear her entire conversation 
and she's not paying attention to where she's walking. What does she do? She stops right in the middle of the doorway, walking into this place. So she stops. I politely stay six feet away from her, and I stop, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And after about five seconds, I go, excuse me, are we going to keep going? She just, swear to God, she just goes like this. Turns around, looks at me, doesn't say a word, doesn't say a word, and then continues to walk. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so what I do is I go, well, since you're not paying attention, I'm going to beeline it to the uh, hand sanitizer wipes and grab a wipe before you can. Grab one, wipe a car down, go about my, my business. About 10 minutes later, as I'm trying to wrap things up, she is over by the frozen foods yelling at a dad and daughter. Oh, my yelling God. Yelling at them. Full on, full on panic mode, yelling at them, you know, talking about, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm on the phone, but I'm scared. I'm having a terrible day. And I'm like, mm, you just suck. That's what it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. But maybe Corona's got you scared, but you also just suck. No, um, listen, I, 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 don't care, at the, I don't care what the scenario is. There is a special place in hell for anybody who feels like they have to talk on the speakerphone in a public place. I have no desire to hear your conversation. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. FaceTime or speaker in a public place. You suck. Um, But I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying not to stare and I'm kind of like out of the corner of my eye trying to pay attention to it. And the girl, she was probably like 15, 14 years old. She was mortified. She could not figure out what to like, what facial expression to have. Like she had kind of like a half smirk, sort of like what is happening look. And, the dad was just like kind of like nodding his head like, OK, OK, we get it. But we asked you to move out of the fucking way so we can grab what we need and get the fuck out of here. Is that what he said? Like, no, no. But he has that look. Oh, like, OK, I, I got could you. tell I could tell what the the altercation was about. I okay. could just tell <laughs> she was sucking again and she was probably in the way. And they probably politely said, excuse me, are you going to get in there or get out of the way? Like, um, yeah, but the, the look on the girl's face, I mean, she was absolutely mortified. And I just was like, God, I got to get out of here. So um, that's the, I'm not, I don't want to go back to the store now. It's just I'm just sort of like whatever. Like, like I ordered my Zevia on Amazon. That's so a bit. That's a big to can to, too. Well, this this was actually store bought. It didn't come from Amazon, but oh, okay. I got the 24 pack rainbow pack from Amazon. So now that I know I can do that, I'll never have to go to the store for that again. So look at you celebrating your Zevia pride with the rainbows and whatnot. Yeah, every flavor for twenty three dollars. That's impressive. That's actually impressive. There was some that I you said there's a a Mountain Dew flavor or a Mountain something. It's called Mountain Zevia. Mountain Zevia, and then they right, got right up your alley. And there's root beer. There's like cherry cola too, right? So cherry cola did not come with it. That's the one that's missing. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's, there's a Mountain Dew, like Mountain Zevia, Dr. Zevia, cola, ginger root beer, cream soda, a grapefruit, citrus, lemon, lime, black cherry, caffeine free cola. What am I missing? I'm missing one other one. I think. I don't know about that grapefruit citrus. Is it kind of like a Fresca? I don't know what Fresca tastes like, so I can't compare. It's, it's okay. Oh, ginger ale too. The ginger ale is actually pretty good. And I'm not a huge ginger ale, ginger ale person, but it doesn't have sugar. So I gave it a whirl and I actually liked it. So ginger ale, like regular ginger ale is just, it's too much fucking sugar. Anyway. I, I so, for, yeah. any, for anybody who might not know what ZV is, it's, I mean, it's actually a soda, but it has literally nothing extra in it. 
Like even there's no not even any food coloring or anything in it. So even a root beer is clear. Everything's clear. Yeah, it's all clear. It's just carbonated water, stevia leaf extract, and then flavoring. I don't know. It's probably not safer than drinking diet soda or regular soda. We're probably going to find out it gave someone an ear on their asshole. Soon, I'm sure. But whatever. I mean, whatever. What What are you going to do? Just not drink things or eat things just because you something might happen later? Who knows? It gives one rat high blood pressure in a lab somewhere, and I'm supposed to worry about it? That's not the no. first time you said that on this show. Is it? I don't think so. I can't remember. I don't remember the things I said. I don't even know how we, what did we talk, what were we talking, oh, student loans and out of Corona. I, I mean, so the the uh, the surplus is going out. Yeah. The $2 trillion. I was reading about that. So, so I guess the, the, still, the, the first one didn't pass, right? I don't know. I just think President Trump has to sign it into sign the bill or sign it into law or whatever it is, and it's supposed to happen. So they I said I, it could happen as soon as April eighteenth or something. Really? I thought I thought like the money I, going out. I thought they tried to pass one and it didn't make it. But I don't know exactly what was in it. I mean, it's like a freaking 900-page bill that they wrote up in such a short amount of time. I don't understand how. But from what I heard, whether it's true or not, they were trying to throw in some extra things that weren't yeah, weren't uh, effective. So I don't know. I'm not sure. But, you know, you you were talking about, you know, different businesses and stuff pushing off you, having to pay, make payments on loans and things like that. And... You know, we had talked a little bit of about it off air, but I feel like if you are one of the ones that's lucky enough to still have a job, then keep paying your bills. You know, don't oh, don't yeah. push this off because I I understand that yeah it's a it's beneficial right now, but if if your life hasn't really been affected and you still have a full time job, what's the point? Except for me and my wife are talking about this, and it kind of does make you want to just put some money back into savings if you can. Just, you know, if, if you have two two or three months or even longer that you don't have to pay a, a vehicle payment, a loan payment, a house payment, whatever, if you could just, yeah. you know, put that back in the savings for a little bit just to give you a little bit of extra cushion and then start paying them again. And it, I mean, of course, at the it's going to tack it on at the end of your loan for whatever, right. you know, whatever it is. But whether, if it's a couple of months and that does, you know, that's not going to bother you any. I don't I don't see why it would hurt to you know, give yourself a little bit of cushion too. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I, like I said, I, for me and I, I, if believe me, if I were in that situation, I would probably be practicing that idea for me. I'm still getting a paycheck. I, I, you know, I worked more from home. Like I worked overtime last week working from home. That's that's crazy. So people are, people are panicking, man. They, people, it's, you know, like, um, so my, the fact that I am employed is a reaction. I have to react to other people panicking and it's causing me to do more. But like I said, I'm not worried about bills. I'm worried about food, man. Like, like I said, I don't want to go back to the store after that experience. I just don't. And who knows at what point after how many people die and how, how many, however many things happen, at what point do they start closing grocery stores? Because an entire staff at a grocery store got sick and then that chain starts shutting down. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily, but would it would it really be uh, shocking if it did? Not to me. So, like, I'm just worried about having enough food to last until this this chaos sort of at least dies down a little bit. Like, I'm not on any specific diet right now. Like, I'm always on some sort of funky diet. Yeah. I'm just eating food. I'm eating whatever we have. 
um, paying for it on the toilet, obviously. <laughs> if you know me, uh, paying for it on the toilet, but I'm just eating food. You know, whatever we have, I'm eating. So, and that's kind of the way it has to be right now. Cause I, you know, again, uh, I don't know when I'm going to go back to the store. I'm, I probably will eventually because, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. That cushion is nice, but if you can pay your bills, yeah. if you you know if you, if you have the ability to, it's just you know, and, and that's that's the way I'm going to be. But yeah, and I, I assume you've seen that they've bumped up unemployment to six hundred dollars a month, also versus three hundred. Yeah. So I mean, that, that do people live off three hundred dollars a month? I don't know. I mean, I know it's it's just a portion of what you actually make, but three hundred dollars max a month is is insane. How the fuck do people with kids live off that? I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, but I know for a fact we lived off more than $300 a month. Or wait, no, we're, we're, I'm sorry, we're, we're saying $300 a month. It's $300 a week. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, sorry. But, but, sti- uh, but still, they're still, they're still, yeah. I mean, you're still looking at $1,200 a month. That's not, that's still, it. that's still not a lot. I couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Like right now, I could not do that. Even still, like I said, I, I I didn't. We didn't grow up with a lot of money, but I know for a fact we had more than that because my dad busted his ass working two jobs to make sure that we did. Right. You know, yeah. my dad worked eighty hours a week every week, so it's like, um, wow, that is crazy. So, so it's six hundred dollars a week now. It, it yeah. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that fluctuates based off of how much money you actually make at your job. I'm sure if you only make two hundred dollars a week, they're not going to give you six hundred dollars a week in un- unemployment. But right, yeah. So the the max they have bumped it up to six hundred versus three hundred, which will definitely help. But I don't know, it, it, especially with the the one time stimulus check that they're sending out, also, which is I think it ended up being like twelve hundred dollars per adult, right? Yeah, a one-time twelve hundred dollar check. Yeah, if you make under seventy five thousand a year, something right. like that. I think I think it's one hundred and fifty yeah. per couple, under one hundred and fifty per household. Yeah, there's a calculator you can go out online and calculate how much you're going to be getting yeah. based on your 2018 taxes. I don't think you actually had to make any movement on 2019 yet. No, you as didn't. Long as long as yeah, whatever. So, how's your quarantine life been? I don't. I don't really have a quarantine life. The only thing that I've cut out, and it's the worst thing ever, is the gym. And yeah. honestly, my gym's still open. Oh, really? Yeah, they haven't shut down. I. I don't. I think they. They might have reduced classes, or maybe cut classes out so people aren't like really on top of each other. Yeah. But I. They have not shut down as far as I know, which really sucks because I want to be in there, but I. I just can't. I can't talk myself into doing it. Yeah. Just do homework. I've been doing home workouts they've been half-assed and lazy but i've at least made myself feel a little bit better about doing them yeah um i've more been binging on old ufc fights and stuff yeah, yesterday you'll, you'll, I, I binged hard yesterday i binged hard you'll, yesterday you'll get your cardio from watching other guys get their cardio <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yesterday i rewatched uh ufc 205 and um i even texted you i was like man dude the way that Conor McGregor beat Eddie Alvarez still I've, – I've watched that 10 times. It's still – it's unbelievable to me just the, the way that he – like I said, Calm Conor scares me. Calm Conor is a different – that's a different animal. That's a different fighter than the guy we saw fight Khabib, right? 
you you don't think so because you're a Connor hater. I think that Connor, I think that Connor was binging on alcohol and possibly drugs before that fight, and he, he looked he visibly looked different. You to, to, you call you call me a Connor hater, and in in somewhat yes, because mainly because I just, I don't like him, but. I also told you that I'm de- not denying there's a difference between not liking somebody and being a hater. Like, it's not like I'm okay. going out of my way to badmouth him all the time or anything like that. So it's not like when I hate on Tyson Fury, you genuinely don't like Conor McGregor. Correct. Correct. Okay. That make, that, <laughs> you're laughing, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I got you. Okay. But yeah, when, when it comes to... When it comes to Connor, he he is able to get into people's heads, and you don't think that the Eddie Alvarez fight has anything to do with that. I think it does, because we know we've seen Eddie Alvarez fight a hell of a fight, but from the get go in that fight, he did not. He was not Eddie Alvarez. I don't think Connor gave him a chance to be Eddie Alvarez. I think he stung him early, really early on in the first round, with his left hand, and after you get hit by the left hand, you. You're, you go, what the? F-? I'm in a different fight than I have been before. I mean, even even though he lost the first fight to Nate Diaz, when he was hitting Nate, you could tell on Nate's face, like Jesus Christ, this guy hits fucking hard. Like it, even Nate had the reaction, like I've never been hit like this. But Nate's got a chin made out of fucking granite, right? And it's impossible to knock him out. But you could just, I mean, you could just tell when Eddie got hit with the first left hand. It was like, well, this is this is a different, this is a different thing. Yeah, he gets in people's heads. That whole trash talk for that fight was kind of, it was comical, you know. Like Connor comes out with the coat, and Eddie Alvarez did a good job of trying to act like you're not in my head. Like he had, he came with some information. He came with some stuff prepared about how Connor had never really fought. You know, I think he was talking about his cardio, and he had never really fought the. Blah blah blah. He he had all these things, you know, and he had uh he had good answers to questions. I just think again, when you get in there and you're fighting a concentrated and determined Conor McGregor and not a you know, that not the Conor that fought Khabib the you know, I think it's I think it's different. Um, there, there's some there's something weird about Conor and it feels like it's almost to where he kind of he's that calm Conor. And he makes really good strides and wins these fights. And then all of a sudden, it's like he feels like I'm on top of the world now. And he just goes balls out. And then he loses. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to get my shit together. And then he goes back to his, you know, calm Connor state again, comes out, obliterates somebody. And so I feel like it's going to, you know, after what he did to Cowboy, he may have another fight where he's calm Connor again and he you know, murk somebody. And then all of a sudden, here we go, <laughs> give him a, a massive fight again. And he's coked out before he comes out. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. I, well, he's been humbled and I, and I like the way I've liked the way he's behaved when he's been humbled, you know, when, and I, 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 I always go back to what if RDA never got hurt and he actually fought Connor the way it was supposed to go down. What if that actually happened? What, what is what is the landscape of Conor McGregor's career, the lightweight division? How does everything look, right? If RDA doesn't if RDA doesn't get hurt, we never see Conor and Nate fight. We don't see that, honestly. We 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 probably never see that. Even though Nate did his whole calling out thing, I don't know if we ever see that. You know, and especially if Conor 
fights RDA, beats him, gets the lightweight title. Now you have Khabib sitting there as the number one contender, right? What What would have happened if RDA would have beat Alvarez? If Alvarez wouldn't took the title from him, what would 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 Connor have been next in line for that or no? That's the thing. I think you rebook that fight because remember that fight happened because RDA got hurt. Yeah. Nate stepped in. Nate beat Connor, and Connor instead of wanting to go for the lightweight title against him, no, I got to avenge that loss to Nate. So he books the second Nate fight. He wins the second Nate fight, and then he gets the lightweight title fight. It just so happened to be Eddie Alvarez because Eddie Alvarez beat RDA. So I just it all I always go back to what if they actually what if he actually fought RDA? Right. And what if RDA beats him? Right? So then they hold up the lightweight division because Connor probably goes, I want to avenge that loss. Let me go back and fight him. So like the whole trajectory of the lightweight division would have been completely different if that happens. I just think it's interesting to think about. And I mean, if you look at it now, I mean, RDA doesn't even fight, he's not even a lightweight anymore. Connor is Connor who he is now, is obviously Khabib's the champion. Tony's the number one contender. We're we're begging to see that fight for the fifth time. I, I mean, I tell you what though, I feel like if things keep going down the track, they are not that it's anybody's fault because nobody could have called any of this. But I don't know that I don't know that people are going to be calling for this fight with no crowd. That change that changes that? a massive dynamic. I mean, well, you even you said you texted me during the the first fights that happened once they started closing things down. It was weird. It was weird. So, and, and, yeah, but it was and, still fun. It was still entertaining. We were still watching fights. Yeah, the crowd. I mean, the crowd. The crowd. The buzz from the crowd adds that full that whole dynamic uh, to what you're seeing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But me and, and this is again, this is me personally. I still enjoyed them. It was a little bit of re- it was weird, obviously, but it was it was a. Uh, it was fun to watch still. It, it, to me, it added a different dynamic where it almost like you heard the crack of every punch, crack of every kick. You could hear the coaches, you could hear the fighters breathing. Like it was very, it was very cool. Now I don't want to see every card like that, obviously. Yeah. Let me, let me but I love to see those two fight in front of 20,000 people for sure. Yeah. But I still want to see them fight. Yeah, I don't he, want to pay for it though. Dana White. Yeah. Grief. <laughs> and your he, uncle being able to hear the announcers like you could even you could hear them plainly because there was no crowd talking over the top of them and also you could even hear their voices echo throughout you know yeah. throughout the whole stadium yeah but, you could hear michael bisming uh echo when he got excited about something but let me ask you let me ask you this this is an odd question i guess but do you think that a fighter can kind of have an upper hand in a fight in that situation because they can hear their coaches better because there's no crowd. I mean, or do you think that fighters can hear their coaches enough while they're in there that it doesn't, it doesn't change anything? Um, I think it definitely helps. I mean, if you can hear, if you can hear every direction from your coach, sure. Um, I, I think a lot of times too, those guys fly by the seat of their pants. They're getting directions from their coaches but they're also reacting in a way where they can't necessarily always be listening right. to a coach. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, isn't it an advantage to absolutely be able to hear every last word they say? Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's why I said, like, I think if, if UFC 249 does go down and those two actually do fight, which, again, fingers crossed, I, I want to see it. I'm, you know, I'm greedy. I don't want to pay for it. But I also want those two guys and everyone involved to be safe. 
Right. I don't want to put anyone at risk to make it happen. I can wait again. I'll wait for the sixth time, but I do want to see it. I think that that situation benefits Tony more than it does Habib because he's done that before. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. He's had that experience of sort of fighting in front of no crowd. Now, do I think do I think do I think Habib cannot handle that and it'll hurt him? No, I don't think that. I'm just saying if one guy stands to benefit more, I think it's Tony. Again, that's a theory of my own. I could be wrong. I I, I, I get it, but I but what I don't I guess the thing that shies me away from that thought is that I mean what is what do their camps look like you know when they're in their basic you know whether they're sparring whether they're doing you know groundwork whatever it's still it's probably going to be like the same scenario as what it's going to look like if there's no crowd there there's not going to be very many people around and it's it's mainly going to be coaches so you know what I'm yeah. saying like the the they're it's going to be the fa- same feeling of them when they're in the octagon as it is if they're in their camp. I, I would think. I don't know that for sure because I'm not a fighter, of course. But Yeah, I don't know. Habib's been, he's been training in bear caves, so I think it's going to be different. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and Tony's in like some silo somewhere. That's true. Um, some silo up in Big Bear. Um, yeah, he only, com- he only just, comes I, out I, to run the mountains. Yeah, I, I just want to see it happen. Um, I don't think they're going to get every fight that was originally on that card. I don't think they're going to be able to book every fight. I just want to see it happen. I just, I, again, I just I, I, I want everyone to be safe too. Right. So I, I think Dana White has shown that he's being a bit greedy here. I just want to know, like you, I mean, they're going to have to reduce the card. There's no way around it because you have foreign fighters that aren't going to be able to fly, you know, in to do the fight. I mean, of course, we still. I think they he posted that he's got like four or five different places that they could use, but he hasn't nailed down one yet. But still, I mean, there's still travel bans going on, right? Yeah, I mean, well, look, no one, no fighter in the U.S. is going to be able to leave the country, right? Right. No fighter from out of the country is going to be able to come here, so he's going to have to get fighters who are already here that they obviously they don't fly anywhere. They they get there another way i know florida was a big one he had mentioned and that i could actually see because florida's it's a fucking it's its own universe to be honest yeah uh florida or texas but yeah you have to reduce the card and and that's again that's why i keep going back to if you're going to reduce the card this should not be a pay-per-view absolutely you should just put it on espn plus um you know, I don't care how like Dana White's been all fired up on social media and in front of in front of cameras for the past two weeks saying he's going to do whatever it takes to make this happen. The fans deserve it. He wants there to be we, we want to get back to some sort of normalcy. Right. But, OK. But anybody- if you really care that much, then don't charge us. If you really think the fight's that important for both guys legacies and for the UFC, then don't charge us. That's what I say. But anybody, whether it's a casual fan or you not not just a casual fan that actually you know knows what they're talking about, knows that it's not just because he wants the fans to see the fight. That's part of it. But he's just as worried. Oh, he's oh, just as yeah. worried as everybody else because it, we we were so close to seeing this finally. It's been so long, and he knows that Tony ain't getting any younger. And he, right. he, he's scared that if he doesn't make this happen somehow, we're not going to see it. But still, the money's not going to be generated. I mean, you can't, you know, he's not going to be able to sell tickets to, to the place. It's going to be an empty stadium or wherever they do it at. Okay. And 
if if he does listen to us, because I'm sure he listens to the show, if he does listen to us, he's not there. How can they do a pay per view and have like maybe four or five fights on it? If that, I don't see. I don't see how. I don't. I don't, I don't see how they can do it. Yeah, I mean, they also don't make all their money just from live gates and from pay per view buys. Well, the I know view models. I know there's advertisement and all that kind of stuff too, but I mean, that deal with ESPN was huge. Yeah, everyone's gonna get paid. The fighters might not get paid well, which they don't already, and the fans get fucked out of seventy dollars because we had to pay for a pay per view with four fights, right? But I'm an asshole. I'll pay for it. <laughs> You know, this is a random. This is a random question, but is the Reebok deal still going on, or is that done? They're still wearing Reebok. Well, I know, but it, is it like when when Reebok came in and they did the deal with them? It was such a, it was this huge deal because all the fighters lost their sponsorships and lost all that extra income that they were getting and stuff like that. So I was just curious: right. do we know how long they have left with that? And if and I'm curious if they don't re-sign with Reebok. Which I, I don't, they might, but I know Dana had his queries about it after the you know the signing was done because of all the yeah. all the pushback that he had. But I'm curious if they would actually re-sign with them, or if they don't, will fighters be able to get sponsorships again? Look, if we if they're still wearing Reebok, that means they can't get their own sponsors. That means the deal's still on. Believe me, there are so many fighters like Cowboy, for instance, who he would be one of the first guys you see not wearing Reebok if he, cause he has a wealth of sponsors that are behind him that he had before. And he will have after whenever the deal goes away. How did, um, how did, how did some of those fighters get them though? Is it just because of how long they've been in the game? Cause like cowboy was still able to keep monster and stuff like that on his, uh, on his shorts and stuff. Right. See, now I thought he had to pay a fine because of that. Oh, did he? I thought if you were a sponsor on your gear, you had to pay a fine. I thought so too, originally, but I thought that a couple of guys got grandfathered in somehow and were still able to keep, like like Lesnar. When Lesnar came back and fought, he was still able to have like jack links or something like that, but maybe that maybe he just paid a fine because he doesn't fight very much and he doesn't give a shit. He was also allowed to be on horse steroids when he came back too, so that's a whole different story. <laughs> that um, dude, that was the weirdest thing. What when he came back for UFC 200? Uh huh. Yeah, it's kind of pulled the wool over everyone's eyes, right? Yeah, I also can't believe it was no, that long to... ago. 200. That's so nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was UFC 200 against uh... Mark Hunt? Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird, yeah. That that that. Unfortunately, that card suffered a lot more than it had to. I, you know, well, John Jones was on the card. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what the scenario was that made it so weird, though, because it had to do with wrestling too. I want to say that he left wrestling because they were using it as a um, he got popped scenario, like the wellness program that they supposedly have in the WWE, which is bullshit. But I, I want to say that they used that as the law, as the, uh, the storyline for him in the WWE. And then he went and then he got popped like legit at UFC and then just took the, you know, took whatever he actually made out of the fight and just ran with it. But he yeah, knew, he knew going into it, what was going to happen. 
Yeah, well, that, and that's the thing, too. That's why the criticism of Mark Hunt was like, I don't know why you're suing the UFC. You knew what was going to happen. You knew who you were fighting. Okay, why is that his problem? Right. He had to get tested. I mean, everyone else in the card had to get tested. And apparently he had been, Lesnar had been getting tested. I mean, that's, uh, he, dude, come on. I mean, but why does, at the end of the day. Okay, so there's the other question is, why are, why, because like a lot of times testing doesn't come out until after the fight, right? Or is yeah. it, or is it just knowledge that they have and they don't say anything until after the fight? Let it, let the news out. Well, no, they're tested randomly. Right. Right. So you can pop, you can get popped before a fight, but then they have the, uh, the other tests that happen after the fight as well. Cause stuff won't show up sometimes. Isn't that why they do that? I don't like, know. Who was it? Uh, Kel- like Kelvin Gastelum, he got popped for, for wheat, for marijuana for testing positive for THC after he fought Vitor Belfort. So the fight was ruled a no contest, which is total bullshit by the way. But, um, did he all get, also so, get tested before the fight? He had to have, right? You would, you would think, I mean, maybe right. not, maybe they, maybe it's not, I thought it was a necessity to test before the fight. I thought, yeah, that's why I thought you so know? too. But that, that's my question is what's the point in having an, it being a necessity to test before a fight. If the fight can still happen, if somebody gets popped, well, they, they well that Brock Lesnar is the exception to the rule because in UFC 200, John Jones get popped hot, pissed hot, and he couldn't fight. They called that fight off. Right. Remember Daniel Cormier yeah. fought Anderson Silva. Yeah. So no, I mean, it, like I said, he's he's an exception to the rule. That's why the whole thing was was crazy. <laughs> I mean, he was clearly on a bunch of shit. Yeah. You know, they knew he was gonna. He they got him. They got him on the card to save the card, plain and simple. Yeah. So, do you, what do you do? Do you you bend the rules for one guy, and then not for the other? That's exactly what happened. But when it comes to John Jones, I don't think he does himself any favors either, as we've seen. Dude, what the hell? So they just released the uh, the body cam footage of him doing the uh, walking the line and stuff. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I, I have didn't, no desire. I didn't watch the whole the whole video, but the the article now whether this is clickbaiting or not, you may have dug into it more than I did. But the article was saying that it was an aggravated D, DUI DWI and unlawful use of a gun. Okay. I don't. Do you? Do we know the story behind that? Why? What happened? Because he also, apparently also didn't have insurance. What? Yeah, that was part of it also. I'm looking it up. I Well, that's the story that I saw, too. Let's see. I thought it was aggravated DWI. And then what I thought it was possession of a firearm without he didn't have the papers for it. Yeah, was charged with aggravated DWI, neg- negligent use of a firearm, possession of an open container. Yeah, he had an open bottle of vodka. Dude, was, what the hell? No proof of insurance. Uh, near Esther Johns was sitting on drugs and admits he responding officer that like a drink of vodka. But what what's up with the firearm? What I don't know. Was he was he waving it around? And why I mean, unless it was unless it was just sitting out, like if he had it sitting in his passenger seat or something and they're calling that this this story says nothing about the gun. 
So why would they throw negligent use of a firearm in there if that's not like a major part of the story? That seems to me like that'd be the biggest part of the story. He needs to get the hell out of Albuquerque, number one. He needs to get the fuck out of there. He's got a target on his back in that city yeah. because of everything that's happened. You know what I mean? He needs to go somewhere else. Also, stop driving drunk. I, I, I'll be honest. Like my buddy that you met that used to fight, he was texting me about it. And he goes, they need to cut him. The UFC needs to cut him. And I was like, well, that will make an example out of him. And perhaps it would keep other other fighters from making the same mistake. However, I don't really care if he drinks. I don't really care if he does blow. Just don't endanger anyone else while doing it. I really don't. Yeah. What you do to your own body is up to you. I'm uh, I'm not going to use you as a moment of opportunity to preach on how bad your behavior is. You know what I mean? Because the moment I do that, somebody looks something up on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Look, do what you want. Just don't hurt anyone else while doing it at, at the end of the day. It's like I said about baseball players. Let them do all the fucking steroids they want. Let them do what they want to their own bodies as long as they're not hurting anyone else. But then, it, you know, and I said, yeah, maybe they do cut them. But then what? He goes to Bellator and the the attitude behind his behavior is less stringent than it already is. So he continues to make mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess – so you say that he needs to get out of Albuquerque because he's got a target on his back. And I get it. They're, they're look, I mean, they're looking for him. They, they know what his – they know what his background is. They know how he acts and they, you know, he's got a target on his back, but I don't know if he should, because if he does go somewhere else, maybe he feels like that target's gone and things get worse. But, uh, but of course he doesn't care apparently regardless. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the person. Look, a guy, a, a person who's been in trouble in a city like that could move somewhere else, right? They, let's just say, Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm just pull, I'm pulling a city in a, in a state out of my ass. Uh, could move there, could totally rehabilitate himself, and then be fine. Or he could go there and go, look, nobody's looking out for me. I'm just going to continue to party, continue to do the things that I'm doing. Anyone could do that. However, it, it all depends on his his mental state. Is he? Does he truly have a problem? Does he truly need help? Or does he just kind of go, you know, fuck it? Does he just say fuck it? Right. Does he have a dependency on alcohol? Does he have a dependency on drugs or does he just say fuck it? Because there are some people who don't have that dependency and they go, they've been so used to saying fuck it. And then they move to a different city or they move to a different situation. They change their lifestyle and they don't say fuck it anymore. Right. It's happened. I mean, it's, I don't know the science behind it. I'm not a psychologist. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an addiction specialist, but it, it happens that way. Whether he's that person, that's what we don't know. I did find it interesting. You know, we were talking about fighter pay, and you know, why? And people, other fighters have been active on social media, just going, "Why the fuck does this guy keep making the same mistakes?" Right? Okay, it's easy to question that, you know. But what mistakes have you made in the past that you've repeated? You're not perfect. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm like, we're all guilty of doing that. Like, why can't this guy just get his shit together? But the the, the one I found most interesting was Ben Askren goes. For the life of me, I can't figure out why this guy doesn't hire a driver, pay him fifty grand a year. How much fucking money does Ben Askren think John Jones makes that he can pay pay somebody fifty grand a year right. to drive him around? That's right. more like a five hundred dollar a week job yeah. for John Jones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're a, you you just retired. You fought. How much fucking money did you make? 
Like, does he really think John Jones makes that much money? Right. Or but, am I just overthinking what fifty grand a year would do to a guy no, like John Jones? No, no, you're right. You're right. The but the other side of that is take the take what Ben Askren said, take the money portion out. Say he didn't say fifty grand. Say he just says, Why doesn't he just pay to have a driver? Sure. And now it makes complete sense. It makes total sense. Because regardless if he can pay fifty thousand dollars to somebody or not, he can still pay for a driver. And do I mean do the same shit you're doing? Whatever I don't care if you had a. I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying that I would much rather see you in the back seat of a car drinking vodka and holding a gun than to be driving and doing the same thing. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean what Ben Askren said is not irrational, even if he does attach a, a you know a dollar figure to it. I'm just you know. Yes, he needs to. And we do. We've said this about professional athletes before. I mean, in our own city, Leonard Little twice got behind the wheel of a car, drove drunk, killed someone the first time and nearly killed someone the second time. People just said, well, why doesn't he just hire a driver? Well, if it's that easy, then you hire him the driver and make sure that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a part of the way people like tick well, like. Well, and I, and I think. They should be in a mindset, like John Jones should be in a mindset by now, that no matter what, I do not need to get in trouble. However, I think they're all, they also just have a short-term mindset. There's not long-term. So there may be a lot of instances where he goes out thinking, this is all I'm going to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and get drunk and do this, that, and the other. I'm just going to go out and hang out for, five, you know, for a half an hour. And then all of a sudden, two hours later, things go differently than he thought they were going to go. And now he's in a, now he gets caught because he's got a target on his back. So, you know, I I think it's just like a short term scenario. They don't think about how this night could actually go. They're just thinking about how this next half hour is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. He, he made it very clear that he likes to party. Um, he's, he, you know, he's on record saying that on numerous, uh, media outlets. That that was recent. That was recently. That was before his last fight with Reyes. Like he even said uh, on his, because he talked to Ariel Hawani, and he told, yeah. and uh, he didn't necessarily say it, but Ariel asked him, you know, are you going to stay away from your rituals in air quotes that you normally do before a fight? And he goes, oh, well, I, I still have my things that I do before the, before fights. So he's like, that's not going to go away anytime soon. I'm just more, just more calculated about it now. I don't know. Driving with a bottle of vodka in the car is not very calculated, <laughs> if you ask me. I know. I'm just especially saying. you've been drinking before that. I, you know, again, I, I'm not going to judge the dude. Um, I do think that he's got some sort of brain thing that he needs to figure out. The bottom line is, if he's going to be a partier and a drinker, and and, uh, and we will just forget about drug use. If he's going to be a partier and a drinker, he's going to have to do it, like he said, in a more calculated way. If he wants to continue to fight in the UFC, and especially if he wants to continue to live in Albuquerque, man, he's got such a checkered past there. This, I mean, this this is only going to add to that. Like I said, the, it, you know what? You know what I found so interesting too is I, and again, I didn't watch it, but I was reading. They put like the the transcript of what the how the cop, the police officer was speaking to him. He still holds their respect. They knew who he was, right? Right. And they still treated him with the respect of like a professional athlete, like if he had been a normal citizen that there's no way those officers would have behaved that way. 
right? You know, they would have pulled his ass out, put him against the curb, and taken him to fucking jail. So it's almost like he's, they, he, they've got that target on his back, and but they still don't want to be in the situation. They don't want to have to pull him over and make him walk a line and stuff like that. I mean, the the, respe- the respect's still there, but they also know that I'm still a cop and I got to keep everybody else's endangerment, you know, in, yeah. che- in check he's, too. He's so a da- He's a danger to everyone else on the road. They have to get him off the road. Right, and, and I, inter- I also... Honest with you, got to make an example out of him. Yeah. I think the UFC needs to make an example out of him too. You know, That's just me. And I suspensions apparently aren't enough. They they aren't. No. no. But I I mean the the other question is too is like who does he have around him? And I mean or does that make a does that make a difference to for for him? You know what I'm saying? Like for him to keep getting in these scenarios. I mean, he's got a wife, he's got kids, but also the the uh you know, the camp that he's in and stuff like that. I mean, I know he can make his own decisions, but still, you would think that these people would be gathering together to do some kind of massive intervention on him, or maybe it just doesn't work. I don't know. Or do they even think they need, that he needs an intervention? That's the other thing. How I'm, I'm being, I'm, you know, no, no, that's it's that fuck it, that fuck it mentality. But whatever. Well, John just likes to say. Well, John just likes to say fuck it. So no, he doesn't have a problem. Do you do you think that the camp looks at him as they are putting a ba- bringing shedding bad light on the camp because of his actions? Do you think the camp uh, cuts? Do you think the camp cuts him at any point? Uh, maybe, maybe I could see that, and that would make more sense than anything else right now. Anyway, like either get help, get it figured out, or we can't we can't work with you. You're sort of disparaging our name. That makes total sense, you know. But, you know, I've heard this said before by other people, but part of what makes John such a badass fighter is his ability to say, fuck it. Yeah. So, which can be dangerous, clearly, at this point, because he's saying fuck it at the wrong times. (laughs) (laughs) One thing to say fuck it in the octagon and, you know, go for flying knees and almost get your arm ripped off by Vitor Belfort. It's another thing to say fuck it when you get behind the wheel and drive drunk and endanger the lives of others. So, right. But again, that's part of what makes him who he is. Did you did, sucks, man? I, 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 you know, I want to continue to see him fight. I want him to get, uh, not make the same stupid mistakes. But again, I can't necessarily judge him for those mistakes. I can't. I don't want to. What, what, what episode are we on? Seven. I certainly won't. I, I've gone six episodes. I've made myself a hypocrite in the first six. Trying to go episode number seven without being a hypocrite. So I am not going to judge John Jones there. That, okay, so that's one thing that we are kind we are pretty good at, regardless and people would have to really listen to our conversations, whether that be on mic or not. They would have to listen to our conversations and really see that me and you, we are biased, but we are we talk about both sides of situations also. So I can I can I can yeah. tell you right now I absolutely hate this guy, but I can also tell you the good things about him and the bad things about him. So I mean we may be a little bit hypocritical, but we also sh- try try <laughs> to see both sides of every situation. Yeah, and I, I'll be the first one to call myself a hypocrite too. So there's that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I usually don't wait for someone else to do it. Yeah, and like I said, I hope I hope he can find a way to stop repeating the same mistakes. Um, you know, at this point, forget about fighting. He clearly, he's got to worry. He's got to get his personal life together. And I, I don't know how many chances does the UFC give him. That's the question. 
Right. He's had numerous chances, numerous chances. But I said this before, too. I didn't like the, like, suit and tie, I believe in God, John Jones. That John Jones was gross to me. I like the I say fuck it party guy. Again, as long as he's not hurting anyone else. The, the other John Jones was weird, and it seemed forced. It yeah, was a well, he, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was trying to put uh, on he was trying to put on a show to get everybody's respect back. But the problem is, is if you let him go with a fuck it mentality, and people accept that, it probably gets worse. Does it, or does he just grow up? I, again, I, it's hard. Why, why, there's no predicting this at that you know? point. Why? Why is he? He's not forced to grow up in that scenario, right? Because everybody is accepting that he is who he is. So, yeah. you know, his screw-ups don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Just, just this is being based off of what his, it seems like his mindset so far that we've seen over the past year, you know, few years. I, I think that if people accept him for the mistakes that he's made, he may, those mistakes might keep happening. Yeah, it's very possible. It's very possible. I don't think he wants to be forced to do anything, though. Uh-uh. You know? We'll see, man. It's, it's like I said, it's a weird... The, the How weird is the UFC right now? Yeah, the but... The light what, heavyweight champ could possibly not be the light heavyweight champ. We're never going to see the fight that we want to see between two guys. It's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. But think about that, though. You mentioned... John Jones getting cut and going to Bellator. He's probably going to make more money in Bellator if he did. Probably. And he could become double champ really quickly. A hundred percent. Like he'd probably walk into Bellator with a title fight. <laughs> Rematch with Ryan Bader. He's already beat him once. Yeah. That would be a heavyweight title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. He kn- maybe that's part of his mindset too, is he knows he, he knows that there's always avenues. There's always backups. I mean, when you're the greatest of arguably the greatest right. of all time, yeah. Right. Someone, someone's going to give you a chance. Yeah. There's always. And uh, Scott Coker, the uh, guy that runs Bellator, isn't necessarily known for being the most morally correct person. So I'm sure he would welcome John Jones with open arms. I might be wrong about that, but I think it would make him pretty happy to steal the, uh, the golden child from the UFC. I don't know. Just, just, just a theory of mine. But yeah, I don't. Again, he. I don't think he's going to be unless he gets cut. I don't think right now he's going to let anyone force him to do anything he doesn't want to do. So if he truly does have a problem, most alcoholic drug addicts won't let anyone tell them what to do. It's true until it's until it's that breaking point. Is this his breaking point? Is this his low point? Whatever, whatever attack. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is just another another day in the life of John Jones. I mean, as far as we know, he, he hasn't made a statement about it, right? I haven't seen anything. Okay. Huh. Speaking of statements, I was trying to make one. Um, you can't tell, obviously, because it's terrible, but I, I shaved my quarantine facial hair. <laughs> I was actually looking this, at that like five minutes this ago. This is how shitty. <laughs> this is how shitty my facial hair is. I didn't shave for eight days. And I sent the MMA Mike uh, text thread there a picture being like, hey, in honor of you guys with beards, I decided to, while quarantine. I wouldn't shave just to show you how shitty my facial hair is. And uh, it was eight days, eight days of no shaving. And I was like, this, shamefully, this is eight days. And then Joel posted a picture 
Apparently he hadn't been shaving either. We looked very similar, although his looked a little bit thicker than mine. So I, had, I after that, I really honestly just did it to do it for that reason. And I was like, and then I'm going to shave. So I shaved yesterday. Uh, my own wife, who I've been with for seven years, gets home, doesn't even notice. That's how <laughs> shitty. That's how little facial hair I know. I shaved and she did not even notice. You know, you sent a message in that thread the day before you did that. And you told us all that you had a surprise for us the next day. Yeah. And I was racking my brain thinking, what could he be doing? Because it, it's got to be an inside joke that only us would know about. And I was right. like, what What could he be doing? And all of a sudden that next night you send that message out and I was like, I wish you would just keep this going for a while. I just want to see what it looks like if it does grow out. I mean, it might take a year, but I want to see it. <laughs> uh, I know. It's just white trash. That's all it is. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's funny too because like I felt like I was walking my dogs and this, this uh, lady and her kid walked by me. And like I could just I felt like there was an extra couple of seconds she looked at me. I was like, she's staring at my shitty facial hair. She thinks she thinks I'm a fucking Hoosier. It's like I, I got I gotta get rid of this. Yeah, it's bad. That's probably just your paranoia. I clear I'm yeah, clearly a paranoid person, but yeah, my own wife didn't even notice, man. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like if you shave automatically, oh, Colt shaved. Right. If I shave or don't shave, it's like there's 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 Patrick. It's another day. <laughs> so whatever, you I have know, to do something special for the quarantine. <laughs> so you'd mentioned, or we, you know, we've been talking about sports and things like that, which of course we don't have at this point. So fucking weird. Netflix has been taking over, basically taking over social media for the most part. Oh, yeah. So even though we don't have sports, apparently we have things that can keep us occupied for the time being. Tiger King, baby. Give me... I've watched half an episode of this, and I fell asleep. And it wasn't because the sh- I didn't like the show or it didn't intrigue me. It was because I was tired as hell. And I haven't I haven't had a chance to get back onto it because I've been on the Ozark train for the past two days, and we'll get into that too. But give me a brief synopsis of what this redneck, methed-out tiger guy is all about. Well... <laughs> So, so basically, the show—it's—it's it's this. The focus is on this one guy, but what it's really the 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 whole idea behind the show is this sort of organized crime around the—it's—it's it's around the organized crime of buying and selling wild animals, okay. typically cats, big cats. So tiger, lions, tigers, panthers, all these things. So what they do is they sort of center the focus on this guy who considered himself to be the Tiger King. The reason he thinks he's the Tiger King is there was a reality crew hired to film a show about him. So the first part of the show is you seeing this reality reality show crew following him around. Meanwhile, this Netflix documentary is being made as well about the Netflix or about the documentary crew following this guy around. So this is a documentary inside of a documentary? Yes. What the which hell? Which makes it so much better. What so, the hell? Okay. So the guy, he has this zoo in Oklahoma. It's in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. Uh, basically hires a bunch of former convicts and homeless people to work for him to train and protect and take care of tigers. And he's got everything, man. He's got he's got orangutans. He's got tigers. He's got lions, ligers. I mean, he's got all... 
so the the spectacle behind a zoo is he gets people to come in, they pay a price, and they play with tiger cubs, essentially. Something you don't get the opportunity to do, really, ever. Um, but he has a beef with this other lady and her husband who run another wildlife reserve or zoo. Um, their whole thing, they're called Big Cat Rescue. Their whole thing is we save those tigers um, that would be killed by these other people who run these zoos, and we sort of put them into captivity under our care, put them under our care. Uh, it's like them being out in the wild. It, they're doing the same thing this guy's doing, but they're not making as much of a profit or the profit is different. It's kind of hard to explain that part of it. So, and then they talk about, there's another guy they focus on uh, who does the same thing essentially. So the whole show is around this guy, his beef with this other zoo, his relationship with his two straight husbands, his two husbands, and I don't want to give too much away. He has two husbands, both of which are straight. So they marry each other. So there's a three-way marriage. Um, he runs for president. Hang he on. He runs for governor. First off, you can do three-way marriages in Oklahoma? I don't know. He he, he did. That's another reason for me not King, to go to Oklahoma. Tiger but King anyways, did. go ahead. Yeah, Oklahoma. Anyway, um, so he runs for president. He runs for governor. And actually, he is a part of the race to run for governor. Like he actually is kind of like in there for a little bit, gets 19% of the vote for Oklahoma governor. Um, meanwhile, the, 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 the reality show that was being filmed on him, it was to make fun of him, right? This Netflix documentary is not necessarily making fun of him. I think they're trying to expose, like I said, this organized crime ring that, you know, brings in these, the, this, these wild animals and, illegally they say it's not illegal and the, the i guess the debate around it is is it legal or not legal this and that it's fascinating man like every every single episode so like i remember before episode or we i get done with episode two i'm texting with someone and they go oh my god wait till episode three and you'll hear about the secret and i was like i'm so uncomfortable already i don't know if i can handle a secret <laughs> like it's a, it's it's a fucking fascinating show. You'll just have to, like, I'm, I'm not doing it enough justice with the way that I'm explaining it. Okay, so... But so, you do so, learn that there are more wild tigers in captivity in Texas and Oklahoma alone than there are in the rest of the wild. Yeah, I knew that. That's crazy. It's nuts. To yeah. It's nuts to think about. But then there's just the, the you know, are they, what are they doing when they have no use? So the, the main spectacle behind, with this one guy, the Tiger King, Joe Exotic is his name, Joe Exotic, the main spectacle behind Joe Exotic or his zoo is that it's we want to get kids here to play with these tiger cubs. Everyone else is questioning, well, what does he do with those tigers once he can't use them anymore? Is he killing them? What is he doing? Is he selling them illegally? Like how what so it truly is like a fascinating world. And the fact that it's one of the most ridiculous redneck white trash people you'll ever, ever, ever see. On top of the fact that he's a country main... singer too, right? Oh my god. It's the best part. It's the best part of the whole show. Our, his music in his music videos, it's my favorite part of the whole goddamn thing. And again, I cannot even do it just, justice. You'll just have to see it. So let me. Oh. So if, if you are somebody going into this, because I'm trying to picture what it looks like with you watching this, whether it's you like sitting back on your couch with a beer or whether it's like you sitting on the edge of your seat because you don't have any idea what's going to happen next, or if you just have like a confused look on your face the entire time you're watching it. I'm curious. There's a lot of confusion. Um, yeah, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of feeling uncomfortable. 
which I'm okay with. It's just it's so fascinating. You just you gotta you gotta. I mean, for those that haven't, uh, you gotta see it. I was I was texting with another person. I go, holy shit, have you watched Tiger King yet? And she was like, why the hell would I watch that? I go, no 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 no. I don't know who's giving you this misinformation, but you need to watch it immediately. So I don't like to watch things that everyone else likes. I'm like, this is different. I'm kind this of in is, the same. Is, I'm kind of in the same boat with that. This is not Big Bang Theory. This is different. This is not right. How I Met Your Mother. You have to watch this. It's it's that and Ozark are the best things on television right now. They are number one and number two, and that was the next thing I was going to mention. Was do, you might not know the answer to this, but I'm curious. When Tiger King hit Netflix, was this something that? everybody knew was going to be this crazy, ridiculous thing? Or was this just one of those shows that was put out on Netflix, somebody watched it, realized this is ridiculous, started sharing it on social media, and then all of a sudden, within a week, it's the number one show on Netflix, or the number one thing on Netflix? Yeah, I don't don't think people knew. I think someone saw it, tweeted it out, blasted it on social media, and then then the the domino effect started happening. I'm interested to watch it. However, it really got under my skin when I seen, because Netflix does a top 10 now on the main page, and Tiger King is number one with Ozark number two. And I'm telling you right now, I just finished the whole whole third season of Ozark, and it has not lost a beat. If anything, it's gotten better. I'm five episodes in, and yeah. It hasn't lost anything to me. They, they've been able to add characters. They've been able to add storylines, and it's just gotten better. Yeah, they've gotten really good at making me hate certain characters, too. But like they, they have, but it depends on the scene. Like They're so good at, I can absolutely hate this person in this scene, but two scenes later, I feel sorry for them. Kind of a thing, you know? Uh, I've hated Wendy since episode one of season one. Really? I hate her. Really? I hate her. I hate her. I want bad things to happen to her this season. I can't stand her. Okay. Well, her I, I, and the, with, her with, and the attorney. Without I giving want the bulls to get eaten by tigers. Without giving real. anything away at all, I I want to know late, later in the season what your thoughts are on Wendy still. Okay. If you still hate her, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I just want to know if you okay. still, if you still hate her after the season. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't stand her. It's an emotionally manipulative manipulative show. Okay. It really is. Describe that a little because, better. Well, again, it <laughs> makes you hate people. It makes you love people. It, it pulls you in. Um, you know, at times I hate Jason Bateman's character. Um, and then at other times I'm pulling for him. And then there are times where I go, would you just tell her to shut the fuck up? You know, like you're the boss. Like I, you get wrapped up in this stuff like. It's my favorite show by far since Dexter, maybe. Dexter. Oh, dude, I, me and you have never talked about that. Dexter is in my top five all time of TV shows. Mine too, but I hated the way it ended. The, the ending sucked. It felt like they had I, no other. Yeah, I absolutely hated the way it ended, but. I would kind the of. The fourth I, season of that show alone is enough for me to be one of my favorite shows of all time. I would like trendy. to I would like to see it come come back. Nah, I'm good. But, well, the reason why is because there's enough there's enough people left that I think that they could do at least a couple of seasons. Oh, they definitely could. I, I I'm the way it ended. Eh, I don't know. 
I just I'm good. I don't need to see anymore. Except Still for I, except for I guess it would be hard unless they could get all the original cast back. Yeah, because I mean, like because get... like his son, like Harrison, his son would be God knows how old now. So unless they yeah. put in that they did it in the you know far future. Yeah, well, it would have to pick up where they left off, but however many years have passed. Right. Yeah, I don't need to see that. Yeah, with Ozark uh, five, so I watched the fifth episode, or I'm up to episode five, um, of the third season. Yeah, it's not disappointing so far. I love the addition of, and I won't say for those that might hear this and have not started it yet, I love the addition of a new character this season. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what happens with that new character. I'm predicting that something is going to happen, um, but I don't know because I haven't seen it yet because I'm not far enough in. That character is just now getting wrapped up into what Ozark is all about, Yeah, which I was waiting for. I'm, I'm actually surprised it took five episodes for that to happen but yeah i will i will i will have i I will say that because me and you were texting back and forth a little bit last night you said that you have some predictions i had i had one major prediction and did it happen it didn't (laughs) it it they they real they did a good job of screwing me on what my prediction was okay well don't tell me that you think there's going to be a season four or not just leave that open okay yeah, that, I'm excited. To be to be honest, that was something I was really kind of nervous about, actually. Because, you know, when you watch TV shows, you don't, like like that, you don't know what is going to happen. Like, you don't know when you're watching a season, once you get to that last episode, when you're in that invested in something, it, it worries me because of endings. Like we said, Dexter. Love Dexter. The ending sucked. And that d- really did take a lot of the show away from me. The seasons, yeah. the seasons leading up to that were extremely, extremely well done and extremely good. But the ending, you know, sucks. So you never know toward at the end of a show if they're going to set it up to be able to move forward and do another season, or if they're going to cut it all off. And if they do cut it all off, did they do a good job? I'm the person that is looking at every open scenario and seeing if they tied up everything before they they stop the the seasons. You know. Yeah, no, I do know, and I think they've put they've done a tremendous job with those arc as far as tying the story together and keeping it going and sort of fresh. And the, you don't have to like suspend disbelief at all. I feel like yeah. the show feels very real to me. Right, like it feels like a real story. Like this could have happened. So far, they have not gotten too crazy where I have to sort of suspend my disbelief and go, okay, all right. You know, I haven't had to do that yet. Mm-hmm. I might. Um, I haven't finished the season yet, but I have not had to do that. And those are the shows that I like. That's where I felt Dexter really sort of fell off for me is I had to do that with Dexter. Like I, it, when it started, I could have believed, yeah, there's this guy, serious issue going on in his brain, could have become a serial killer. He is a serial killer, but he kills bad people. All right, cool. I can I can run with that idea. It's, it just got a little bit ridiculous. Um and so far, Ozark is not. So that's truly why I like it. Plus, the I mean, Jason Bateman, uh, it's just he's a motherfucker in the show. And by that, I mean his acting is fucking unreal. Yeah, it is. I like a lot of the serious shit that he does. I think he's good in the movies that are comedies, but and movies or shows that are comedy. And Arrested Development's one of the funniest shows ever made. 
and he was great in that. He was funny in that. You know, Horrible Bosses is an incredibly funny movie. You know, um, and I was going to mention like Horrible Bosses. He's good at he can have the same demeanor whether it's in a comedy or it's in a serious role and pull it off. He's good at being Jason Bateman. Yeah. But he's also he's good at transitioning from comedy to dark comedy or even drama. Right. Um, like in Ozark, there's nothing funny about his character. There's, I mean, he has the sort of still that sort of like sarcastic witty, witty, witty thing that Jason Bateman does typically in every character he has, but it's not a funny character. There's no, there's no comedy involved in the show. I mean, there is kind of comedy, but very dark at times. It's a drama, right? It's a uh, thriller, suspense, thriller, drama. And I've, I like him in those roles. Like, have you ever seen Disconnect? Huh. Go out and watch Disconnect. I won't get into too much what, about what it is. It's about six people, I think, separately and how their lives are affected by tragedies, essentially, or things happening. He's the parent of a kid who uh, gets bullied in school and then tries to commit suicide. But he ends up meeting the kid who bullied him and forced him into. Anyway, it's it's a really cool story. He's really great in it. Jason Bateman, especially. Have you ever seen The Gift? Yes. Is that like so the? Explain it. Make make sure I'm right. So he's a husband, husband and wife, uh, move into this house. He runs into an old person from high school that you find out later in the movie that he was actually bullying in high school. And the person's really out of their fucking minds. Right. Tries to get back at him in a very psychotic sort of way. Again, Jason Bateman, kind of a dick in that movie. And you don't really like him. But, his again, really great character. His acting is fucking fantastic. Even though I don't like Wendy, I don't like the wife in Ozark. Uh, what's her name that plays her? Laura Linney. She's fucking, fucking fantastic actress like and that 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 i think is like what she makes, makes you hate her that yeah that is what i think is makes a great actor or actress is how well they play the role it's not just about how good of an actor or actress they are it's like how how well can they make you feel about this character the way they're supposed to make you feel about this character like are you, you're supposed to hate wendy I don't know if you're supposed to. I fucking do. She, she <laughs> sold me. She sold me. Like my wife was like, ah, she sucks. But and I'm like, no, there are no butts with me. I fucking hate her. I can't stand her. Um, the the other thing too, and I was telling my wife this yesterday. I was like, acting doesn't seem like it's that hard. But uh, listen, listen to what I'm saying though. Yeah, I could never do it. There's no possible way that I could ever do it. And the reason why I say this too is because, so I had an intro to cinema class in college that fucked me for the rest of my life for watching movies, for watching TV at all. And a lot of it comes from like camera angles because that was one of the things we had to learn. Okay. And there was one scene in Ozark and this not giving anything away, but there's one scene in Ozark where Jason Bateman is standing there outside and he's got like something serious just happened and he's got this serious look on his face and the camera's in front of his face, and then all of a sudden the camera, like you know that there's a guy standing behind the camera moving the camera around him because the the whole camera is moving all the way around okay. him. So J- like Jason Bateman has to be so much in this character and in this scene right now that he can play you know, the whole scenario out 
and be as serious as possible while there's a guy right in front of him with a camera sliding around his body and stuff too. There's, there's no possible way that I could do that. Uh, I got you. Yeah. I, well, it, it's so weird. You know what, you know who I can't stand are movie critics, right? right? When I see someone review a movie or a show on Twitter and they go, they say something, they try to like come up with these fancy terms. They may have had an intro to cinema class and they've, they've, They've retained a few of those terms and they say it and I go, come on, man. Did you like it or not? Like, you, there's no need for you to. Do you make movies? Do you make films? Have you ever made a film? Have you ever sat during the making of a film and saw how it's all done? So why are you? I don't know. It, it's the same. It's the same thing as being to me a music critic. While I I've poked fun at butt rock on these these episodes with you. Look, to me, there can really be no such thing as bad music. It's all up to your personal taste. I could fart into a microphone and play a hi-hat while I'm doing it, right? I could release a record with me uh, doing nothing but farting into a microphone <laughs> and clicking on a hi-hat. <laughs> now, look, I could release that record, and you could buy it, and you could like it. And that's that's the beauty of, of music. I, I feel the same thing goes for movies and TV. Yeah, there are things that I don't enjoy. I've never made a fucking movie, man. Like, I'm not going to – I can't, like – you know, I, I like I said, I don't like the ending of Dexter because it let me down. I was I you had me. I was in. But it wasn't because of the cinematography or the character <laughs> choices or things like that. Yeah. It just didn't the story to me just fizzled out for me, you know, and that happens. Um, I know you don't read, but sometimes I pick up a book and I get halfway <laughs> through it and I go, It's not going anywhere. So I put it down and I don't pick it back up again. That's that's uh but I can't I can't criticize the author necessarily you know what i mean because that could be somebody it's else's just, favorite it book just, it just stopped working for me so yeah like ozark again is it's i don't have to be a critic to like it i'm not being a critic when i say i like it it right now is compelling me in a way that it, it's what i want out of a show when it stops i'm probably gonna stop watching it so far it hasn't but yeah i think you'll uh, be I think you'll be pleased by the rest of the season. But, you know, you you mentioned the whole thing with this could be somebody else's favorite even though you hate it kind of a scenario. I had that same yeah. that same scenario and I'm not going to mention the band, but the other, the now the other day I texted you and I said, uh, "Hey, what album should I listen to from this band because it was a band that you had mentioned." And why are you saying the name of the band? Because Hold on, this is an issue. I'm having a <laughs> I'm, I'm having a real problem with this. Why won't you say the name of the band? Um, crap. Now it's slipping me. The one I just, I just texted you at the other day because it was about, uh, now I can't think of what was the album that you sent me and you told me to listen to. And I told, I, I told you that every the, time I die. Yes. Yes. Gutter, gutter phenomenon. Yeah. That album okay. I like, but the okay. one that, that was from like, Oh six, I think the one before it. Yeah. The one before that I was terrible. Not for, not was, not, was not for me and my personal opinion was terrible but i actually had that same thought that you were saying is that i'm listening to this thinking this is garbage but there this could be somebody else's favorite album so just because i don't like this doesn't mean I'm, i should go on facebook or instagram and be like this is the worst the worst thing ever because what does my opinion mean absolutely nothing uh yeah no i i agree but yeah, so that album that you're referring to, that's to some people, that's like their Sergeant Peppers. You realize that. 
So yeah, like you, good thing you didn't. I have to stop myself all the time. Every time I hear a Billie Eilish song or someone sucking off Billie Eilish, I'm like, oh god, I really, really badly want to say something. What one time I did? One time I did say something about Billie Eilish. I think I, I think I made a post on Facebook that said uh, what something along the lines of what uh, what's the big craze around Billie Eilish? All it is, all she to me, all she sounds like is a woman who is whispering loudly over music. Now I've heard yeah. her, I've heard her actually sing, and she's not bad, but right. that's not what she does in most of her stuff. Right. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for this whole whisper singing phenomenon to end. It's been going on way too long. Uh, many, many years now. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think I'm just going to have to deal with it. Um, you don't have to, yeah. you just don't listen to it. I don't listen to it. Right. No, <laughs> that's I mean, how you deal but, with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not for me. I don't, I don't get it. The craze. I understand the craze I get. No, it's, it's, that makes perfect sense. Uh, the, the music I don't get not like I said not for me, but her popularity no that that doesn't confuse me at all. It seems, me. it seems like from from what I've seen that her brother is a big part of, or maybe the biggest part of the of yeah. what she is. Right, she takes a he takes a back seat of course because he's not the actual singer, but yeah, I do. <laughs> Did you? I fucking. I'm really going to do this myself. Did, have you seen the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix? No desire to watch it? No. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by music documentaries, so most of them I watch. Um, and again, Taylor Swift's one of those where I'm like, I don't get it. Um, but I was like, I'm going to watch this for sure. Because there's a, one of her biggest things, and you'll have people, again, like at the end of the social media buzz or uh, people are like she's so talented. She writes all of her own songs. I'm like, no, she doesn't. She helps. That's cool. But she doesn't write all of her own songs. She doesn't sit down in a room with a guitar and write every single song front to back. That's not how it works. I don't say that obviously, right. but in my brain, I'm like, no, that's not. But that's the allure of of pop stars, though, because if you get someone like that who that if if that's the narrative created, like she writes her own songs. There's going to be that 13-year-old or fuck it, even that 32-year-old out there that goes, oh, my God, she's so talented. <laughs> you know, we, we, we like talented people, right? We love talented people. So the documentary, I really wanted to see that happen. Like I wanted to see the songwriting process for her. It, it really wasn't about that. It was more about the live show and her being a giant global phenomenon. Was that, was, um, was that the same documentary that uh... – that whole clip from Nikki Glaser was in. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. She she was quoted in, I want to say it was a documentary or something, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I want to say it was like a Taylor Swift documentary where she was basically bad-mouthing her about something. I don't remember what it was, but Taylor Swift got wind of it, whether it was on her documentary or something, and it became this huge ordeal where Nikki Glaser had to put out a, a, an apology Oh, fuck off. She had to apologize? Well, it wasn't necessarily an apology, but it was basically kind of like retracting the statement that she made and basically saying that I actually love Taylor Swift and this, that, and the other. You might look it up and find it. Now, why would a comedian have to apologize about making a comment about a pop star? Now, don't... don't, What universe are we living in? (laughs) It might not be an actual apology. It might just be like a kind of a retraction. 
But look it up. I guarantee if you type in Nikki Glaser and Taylor Swift, it'll bring something. I got up. it right here. Okay. Nikki Glaser apologizes to Taylor Swift for resurfaced body shaming comments. <laughs> I love that look on your face. <laughs> oh, she was in the documentary. After appearing in Taylor's, I missed that. So I had it on. I was doing other stuff. I had it on in the background. I would, you'll look at it every couple minutes. After appearing in Taylor Swift's Netflix documentary, Taylor Swift, Miss Americana, comedian Nikki Glaser has issued an apology to the singer on social media. Glazer took to Instagram to write an apology to the 30-year-olds. Taylor Swift's 30 years old. I'm sure. Holy shit. I still feel like she's a 19-year-old kid. Anyway, uh, for the resurfaced comments she made regarding her body and her group of friends at the time, the comedian started her apology off by stating that she's actually a fan and loves her. Oh, boy. I can't. I can't. I can't. Can't get into it. I get it. Sure. Whatever. I'm not going to get any. I, fig- I figured wow. I'd, I figured um, I'd I don't p- know piss we... you off at the end of the show. <laughs> I don't know where he up. That's probably a good ending point right there before I say something I shouldn't. Do you have some painting Again, painting to do or something to blow off the scene? Like this is this, but this is the world we live in. We, I think on episode one we talked about this. Why does a comedian need to need to apologize about anything they say? Period. Why does she need to apologize about that? She's a comedian. Yeah, your it, and, the th- and the thing is, is if unless you are scared of losing your fans, like is Nikki Glaser scared of losing her fans? She shouldn't be because those are her fans for a reason. I mean, they know yeah. how she is. They know how she talks. They know, you know, they know the situation. Unless she's scared of not getting new fans, something along those lines. I don't know, but they it's, they should be your fans because you might tell a joke about how Taylor Swift looks like a bird, right? Because she does. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. It's not that big. It's not that big a deal. You know who definitely doesn't care? Taylor Swift's accountant. That's true. Definitely doesn't care about what Nikki Glaser says about Taylor Swift. Anyway, unbelievable. I don't know. And, and let I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave where it's at. That's all. I don't I don't have anything more on it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I got to piss. All right, that might be a good ending point. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's get out of here. And we are out.